0: Thanks for tuning in to the Marketing Trailblazers Fireside Chats with Mountain Conquering CMOs. I'm Jeremy LaDuke. Hi, I'm Jess. And we're excited to have uh, a a new person uh, during the intro uh, in the studio with us today. Uh, Welcome to Intern Lauren.
1: Howdy. Um, It's it's quite a treat to be... In the podcast that I will later be editing,
0: she usually works like behind the scenes, like making Jess and I sound as good as possible. Um, but now she gets to be on the podcast. We're just like, hey, you're you have jokes, um, maybe you can make the intro, uh, even better. So thanks, Lauren, for coming on and and helping us.
1: Well, shucks, thank you. No, it's a tough job, somebody's got to do it.
0: So today, our our theme for today is road tripping, right? And our guest, uh, we'll lead into that in just a second, but our guest today is bringing back the road trip brand of America. Um, but before we get there, um, what, what was y'all's, y'all's experience with road trips as a kid? Did y'all go on any?
2: I mean, pretty basic stuff. We'd pile in the minivan, go to the beach, Whatever.
0: Yeah. Pretty low key. You, how how big's your? Do you have you have brothers and sisters or something? I have know?
2: one older sister, so yeah. it's just the Did two of like us. Do you like
0: a lot on the, no. In the minivan? No,
2: no, Basically. <laughs> <They sleep. laughs> we're we're five years apart, so I oh, mean, okay. our interests I don't know didn't really overlap too much. I mean, I'm sure I was plenty annoying at times being the younger sibling, but nothing too major. <laughs> pretty pretty low key road trips.
0: We we always we had a, uh, a station wagon and four kids and so like the two older kids got to sit in the like the actual seats and me and my uh, sister who was about four years older than me but we were always like the young ones um, we got like thrown in the back which would be illegal today but you know we just rode it was like riding in the back of a truck essentially but you just had you know glass around you
2: that sounds um, like fun.
0: It was so much fun because that you would just, be you, my preferred seat. Yeah, you had like a you had like this flat area, and you could just you know, play, you know, have your GI Joes or your Barbies or board games. Do you ever get car sick though? No,
2: being like kind of all over the place. I don't no? think so. Maybe. Okay.
0: I mean, I kind of remember throwing up on one of those, but I don't know if it was car sick or just sick. Right. Oh, okay. It's hard, it's hard to tell um, when you're five years old.
2: but I mean, if it didn't happen like every time, I'd say it probably wasn't car sickness necessarily. That's usually a pretty consistent
0: I don't remember it being a common thing. My parents might disagree, but yeah I don't think it was car sick. But you, learned um, road trips as a kid.
1: Yeah, it was pretty much like a big family trip to go to Massachusetts or for Jersey. And so it's like a good fourteen hours. And I don't have any siblings, so it's just like me chilling in the back and my dad is like good at I guess you could say inventing things. So sometimes he would just like velcro those little D V D players onto the back of the car, oh yeah, it was great, and I would just pack a whole briefcase full of DVDs. Uh, so it was
2: pretty, pretty chill. That it was a good time. Yeah, we are seeing a generational divide I here, know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we, Sorry, we had, guys. We had
0: board games in the, in the illegal backseat, and and you had you had DVDs. Um, no, that's fun. Uh, Did y'all play the, like, the games, the road games? Like, did you do the alphabet on... Oh, yeah. uh, Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, my... I I still make the kids do it whenever uh, we have to go on any trip of any distance. Like, if we have to, like, go to, like, Chattanooga or something, I'm like, all right, A to Z
2: on the signs. It's a hard game. We would also do, like, the license plate game where you're trying to see as many states as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the South you don't see too many different ones.
0: You know, we got a lot of people from Ohio and Michigan like coming our way for whatever reason. One of Illinois too. Huh? Yeah,
2: yeah. I know a lot of people from Chicago that have moved here. Yeah, it's wild.
0: Uh, so, fourteen-hour road trip. That's a that's a that's a hefty one. Where'd you guys go, Jess?
2: We did a lot of beach trips because my parents love the beach. We did do a long one to California one summer when I was like eight.
0: Um, that's yeah, that's like that's yeah. a road trip, yeah. Yeah,
2: I've blocked most of it out. I would have been <laughs> worn out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we did see the meteor site though. they think's Arizona.
0: Oh, wait, yeah, there's is a meteor. That where it is? Like,
2: there's a giant crater in the ground. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't, uh, it was a hole in the ground. <laughs> it's, just,
1: it's about as cathartic as seeing like a yeah. giant hole at the beach, like somebody randomly dug, and you're like, oh. That's cool. And then you walk away. <laughs> Wait,
0: you're not comparing a meteor crate to a sand hole at the beach?
2: Yeah. No, definitely. All right. Yeah. That's the same level of enthusiasm and yeah. interest. Yeah. Like,
1: think about how, like, when you're a kid, like, how incredible you're like, these two random kids that I'm never going to see again just, like, dug this trench in the middle of this beach. And you're like, this is sick. But there's nothing else you can do about it except admire it. <laughs>
0: I like whenever whenever we've been at the beach and my kids have dug those giant holes, I'm always worried that like some small child's going to fall in it. Yeah. it would be. That's what goes through my head.
1: It would be a fun place to take a nap. Yeah. I, I would think. It would be, <laughs> be a shady spot. <laughs> I
2: feel like this has gone a bit awry.
0: Road trips. Road, Road trips. trips. Oh, yeah.
1: Tell me, Jess. Did you hear about the the little Debbie joint that got opened up? That place, <laughs> the place looks really fun. Are
0: oh, the, 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 are the rides the, the, like the... shaped
2: like the cakes? Or <laughs> I don't think it's a ride park. I think it's just a park park with statues. Aww.
0: wait, what? The little There's, a little Debbie park
2: in Chattanooga. There is a park, and you can. There are giant statues of like little Debbie treats. Like you can look. <laughs>
0: I that don't think so you random. do anything
2: else other than look at these statues. Deborah's it's like Legacy an installation, on, <laughs> Yeah, I was
0: like, that feels so like classic they're big Deborah cakes. That feels like they're... so classic American road trip. Yeah, like, I've never yeah. gone though. I want to and kind of outlandish.
2: Yeah,
0: is it like can you climb on them?
2: I don't think you're supposed to. It's like more like an art installation kind of. You just look at giant fake little Debbie cakes with like cosmic brownies and zebra cakes and stuff. And the cosmic brownie is <laughs> a piece of art. I think that's kind of it. I mean, yeah, you it's gotta a get that treasure. ratio it's right. A
1: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it fed the childhood of America for right? a long time. I
1: mean, I mean fed rolls. the obesity epidemic. It's it's a landmark, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: it's so- a <laughs>
0: a monument to our, to our nation's history.
2: I mean, if any country is going to have a park with <laughs> statues of pre-packaged processed desserts, it's going to be America.
0: Sign me up. And I
2: mean, in the is, south
0: specific. Is wait, wait, is there a gift shop?
2: I don't I haven't been. I don't know. <laughs> it's just a grocery store. I don't I'm I, my interpretation was it's just like a park that you like a park park and there's statues of the trees. Oh, look, there's a little Christmas tree. Oh, yeah, look yeah. at that.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> Is I want to hang out with park? the Cosmic Brownie.
2: <laughs> oh, Debbie might look a little scary.
0: Was that Debbie? Was that a, like a real life I'm movie? Debbie. Oh.
2: <laughs> Deborah's seen a lot. It's, <laughs> she's, she's. It's a shame we're not filming this one because both your faces were just, oh. Oh. <laughs> Well, just like excited to see it and then an immediate disappointment when you saw it.
0: <laughs> so I've been super excited about um, having our next guest on for a long time. And I was I was fanboying a little bit because I've been following her on LinkedIn for a while. And I just reached out and said, hey, would you would you uh, want to come be on the podcast? And to give you a little background, um, Stephanie Stuckey is, is our guest today. And she is now the um, head of the Stuckey's brand. See, the reason we're talking about road trips is um, the Stuckey's um, convenience stores back in the day were uh, kind of a landmark um, across the, the South, um, especially like on uh, uh, Route 66, I believe, and, and um, some of the other major thoroughfares. You could go, you know, you could drive through and see a Stuckey's store um, pretty frequently. Um, but it didn't start as a, as a store it started as a, uh, uh, her grandfather was a, a pecan salesman and, and he started candying and, um, making different pecan treats. And so she's brought the brand back as a, uh, a candy and a pecan brand. Um, and they've got tons of like really good snacks and, and treats, um, that you can still find, uh, all along the, the interstate at these, at these convenience stores and you can get them on their website. But anyways, She's also had a pretty dynamic past. She's been a uh, state rep for Georgia for 14 years, um, a lawyer, uh, worked for the city of Atlanta. Um, and uh, now she is working on really reviving this brand and um, doing, doing a lot of it uh, from a grassroots sort of standpoint. And so super excited about uh, uh, sharing this interview with her. Jess, what do you think about the the whole um the whole story and everything?
2: I think it's cool. Um I I think I've said it on the podcast before, but my most of my background is not actually in marketing. So I think it's really cool when we can talk to somebody who's doing cool things in marketing who also did not come from marketing.
0: <laughs> it, <laughs> and and she's got a, a shared uh, I think passion for sustainability. As yeah, well. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, which has, is huge. Really
2: Cuz cool. we need this planet sucks right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Except for the Little Debbie Park.
2: Except for the <laughs> Little Debbie. It's going Little strong. Debbie's going to save us all. <laughs> It'll at least make us happy as,
0: as the, world the, burns. the world
2: burns <laughs> and the ice caps melt and sea levels rise. We'll have Little Debbie in Chattanooga. It's just like this safety <laughs> circle around it. Yeah, <laughs> They could destroy it. I mean, the, it's so kind of like uh, Stonehenge because you can't yeah. get close to Stonehenge. <laughs> They're going to protect the Little Debbie Park one day.
0: So... Without further ado, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, let's get this fire blazing with Stephanie Stuckey. Stephanie, thank you for joining us on the Marketing Trailblazers.
3: It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here.
0: The one thing I really want to ask you uh, starting off is please tell me that pecans have a lot of nutritional value compared to, um, other, other nuts and whatnot, because I want some good excuse to eat the candies that you guys ha- have.
3: Okay. That was a bit of a loaded of <laughs> 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 Pecans are among the healthiest nut. I don't want to bash our nut brothers and sisters, but the data speaks for itself. There's lots of science and reports that have come out even in the past couple of months that are showing that pecans have the highest levels of antioxidants and the good fats and magnesium and all all sorts of healthy vitamins and minerals are also sustainably produced. It's the only snack nut that is naturally grown in our country it's indigenous to north america so there's a lot of great things to say about pecans if you eat our pecans raw is extremely healthy and you can buy our raw pecan snacks online and you can use them in baking if you add sugar to them they're a sweet indulgence when you want to treat yourself and it's part of a well-balanced diet and I always like to stress that mental health is part of overall health and well-being. And for me, that occasional treat that's really good quality is part of my mental health well-being. So, well, absolutely well, you had indulge. Me at,
0: yeah, you had you had me at antioxidants. Yes. Um, I just I just need some excuse to eat uh, pecans with the chocolate. Um. It's like oatmeal cookies, right oatmeal right. is it's it's fibrous 100%. it's good for you They have yeah.
3: raisins in them they have oatmeal exactly all sorts of healthy stuff and I really look at the ingredient panel on everything I eat and you'll look and see that we have the highest quality ingredients. We do have some very limited preservatives to make sure that we've got the shelf life that retailers need so that the product stays fresh but we also work really hard to make sure that we're keeping our product fresh in more natural ways like having really good packaging that seals right and using a nitrate flush that gets the oxygen out of the packaging so it'll last longer. So read the packaging, read the ingredients, that stuff really matters and we're we make our product so fresh and it's con that we source direct from Georgia farmers. There's a great well, story for those- there
0: yeah for those who don't know the history of Stucky's, um you all got your start with pecans your your grandfather tell us tell us about that history
3: that's right. We started as a roadside pecan stand in nineteen thirty seven during the Great Depression. My grandfather was looking for a job, and he did what a lot of entrepreneurs do. If you can't find a job, you create a job and you create a job that's filling a need and the need he saw was that people traveling back then especially there really wasn't a reliable place to pull over he started just with that stand that sold pecans because it happened to be a bumper crop year for pecans pecans have alternating good and bad crops so it was a bountiful harvest and he started selling the pecans and he quickly realized that people pulling over needed more than a bag of delicious pecans they would often say well where can we get gas and where's a clean restroom and so the light bulb above his head popped on and he said oh i i can do that it took him a couple years to get the capital but within a few years he had the first Stuckies, and then a few years after that he started getting a chain and stuckies was really the first roadside retail chain before there was ta or loves or wawa or bucky's there was Stuckey's, and he built it at its peak to almost 400 stores in the 1970s. He sold the company, and it was out of our family hands for decades. And four years ago, I had the unexpected opportunity to purchase the company. It was for sale, and we are slowly reviving it.
0: That's awesome. Um, and, and I'd say anybody that's that's in the uh, southern part of the United States has seen Stucky signs before, um, and probably been to a gas station. And you all are are not only reviving the brand uh, through the candy and the pecans, um, but you're really bringing back kind of this road road trip yeah. um, uh, lifestyle. That's right. It's part yeah. of
3: our brand story.
0: Yeah, because you all originally as the um, as the the store. It was a part of the American road trip.
3: We Yeah, we grew with the road trip. When my grandfather first started, there was no interstate. The interstate highway first started being built in 1956 under President Eisenhower after World War II. So when we started, Stuckey's was on the Dixie Highway that ran through the south initially, but we expanded to the Jefferson Highway, the Lincoln Highway, Route 66. And when the interstate came along, my grandfather picked up and moved his stores to the interstate. And we really were the first convenience store chain that you would find on the interstate. And he had a billboard company. He had 4,000 billboards in 40 states. We were on every major highway in the country. And we were synonymous with road trips. So many people to this day tell me that as a kid, it wasn't a road trip unless you pulled over at Stuckey's for gas and pecan log rolls. and. Fun souvenirs like Dunkin' Birds and Whoopie Cushions and Yes and No Games and all the fun stuff that people remember about our brand. So we, we to this day, carry that brand history and story with us. So even though I'm reviving it as a snack and candy brand, and there are only 12 of those stores left, I wish there were more, but that's the company I bought. I had to face reality that those stores, sadly had largely been shuttered under outside ownership and mismanagement. So those stores are still part of our brand, but there's only 12 of them. So we're, we talk about the road trip all the time and that's, that's who we are.
0: That's how we roll. What is your favorite uh, road trip memory as a, as a kid?
3: Probably when I was 10 years old, we did a family vacation to Florida, and my dad was in Congress. So we grew up in Washington, D.C., and we drove down I 95. So it was a long haul to get down to Florida. And I remember we did this vacation where my parents had no agenda, no itinerary, no reservations. We just went to Florida and we pulled over wherever. We wanted to go. And there are five kids in my family. So you can imagine all of us screaming, pull over here, pull over here. But we did Weeki Wachee and Gatorland, this place called Six-Gun Territory that's right next to Silver Spring Park in Ocala, Florida. We stayed at Hojo's and did all just the kitschy, classic Americana roadside attractions and Florida, yeah. Florida, and California are really, I think, the two meccas if you are into road tripping. So, what a glorious time in the nineteen seventies! I still remember yeah. all the fun places. You, the Citrus did Tower. Did you all have a? You know, just did you all have a plastic. station wagon. Pardon?
0: Were y'all in a station wagon?
3: Absolutely, and I was in the yeah. way back.
0: Me yes. and my baby
3: brother. We we're we we're kids number four and five, so we didn't even bother trying to get shotgun. <laughs>
0: But right. Give that well, up. <laughs> you had you had the best seats in the house because you could sit back there and play board games.
3: Oh, we had, had to, our you, own yeah. country back there. We even made currency. I mean, we were <laughs> we were seating from the Union of the station wagon had our own little existence. We built a fort with pillows and had the puppy back there. So, it was it was our own little fiefdom in the way back. Yes.
0: The wonderful
3: magical place called the Wayback. <laughs>
0: when you're four feet or shorter, that is the, the best seat in the house. Yeah, and as, my, my as you become dad a teenager, reach his yeah. hand
3: back far enough to swat at us when we misbehaved. So right. it actually turned out to be the best seat. And then we could roll, you know, we'd get the window rolled down and we'd stick our arms out and pump at all the truckers. It was
2: fun. <laughs> we loved it. So, how. Now that you have uh, the Stuckey's name again, how do you combine like your childhood cherished memories like that with your extensive background of other fields from politics and being a lawyer and everything? How do those merge for your new vision for Stuckey's and your plan and strategy and everything? Mm. I think life's career journey really
3: helps inform all the different detours you may take. And I started as an attorney. I actually was a criminal defense attorney for my first 10 years of practicing. I worked in the state prison system, and then I was a public defender trying cases. And I transitioned from doing that to being a state representative for 14 years and got very active in environmental issues during that time period because I served on the Natural Resources Committee. When I left the legislature, I focused on environmental law and ran an environmental law nonprofit and transitioned to being head of sustainability for the city of Atlanta. I'm working as an adjunct professor of law at the University of Georgia. And throughout all those various career trajectories, there are some consistent currents that have remained with me in every career and especially now at Stuckey's. And I think two of the most important are the ability to give a voice to the minority viewpoint or the Mm -hmm. the people that don't always get recognized. Certainly as a public defender, I was representing people who didn't have a lot of resources. And as a state representative, I was always advocating for people who didn't usually have a voice at the general assembly. That was my passion. And in the environment, it's really hard sometimes these cases that we would try it would be the river keeper or the community association that we represented against large corporate polluters. It's very interesting now that I'm in the corporate world. <laughs> I occasionally come in contact with other people I used to sue and I'm on their side now as a, as a corporate, I was a CEO now I'm a chair, but it gives you an interesting perspective. But I learned to advocate for the underdog, and the other thing I learned is how to make a pitch and how to present in politics and also trying cases. I had to stand in front of people all the time and argue for a case that wasn't always an easy one and had to be really creative sometimes in the the presentations I did in order to get people to, to go my way and persuade them. So, I do that every day with Stuckies. We're a comeback brand. They're Decades when our company really wasn't at the forefront of consumers' uh, choices when they were going shopping or when they were taking a road trip because the brand declined. So I have to get out there and argue for the underdog, which is Stuckies, and present and pitch to potential donors, to potential new accounts, to customers, try to get them to buy our brand. So all those skills
2: have been invaluable in my new life. Yeah, I love that because like on paper, it's so drastically different, but I love when there's hidden overlaps. And honestly, I would never have done such a career
3: pivot in my 50s had it not been my family's company. I mean, if somebody, I mean, first of all, nobody would have even approached me about buying a company. I had zero experience running or owning a business, but I had the last name. And the folks who were selling were approaching everyone with the last name, (laughs) Stucky. And it was impossible to get a loan. Nobody would loan me money or capital because the company was six figures in the red. And there wasn't really a sound strategy initially to, to revive it. So I had to sink my entire life savings. Everything but I did not touch my pension fund. I did keep that. So far, that is protected, but everything, like, zeroed out pretty much everything except very basic living expenses in my checking account. So it's it's been a journey. It's been a sacrifice, but one of passion and love.
0: Well, my sister's a public defender, and so I've seen the behind-the-scenes work of, of yeah. what you've had to do, and so... I'll just say thank you for the the time and the the blood, sweat, and energy. I know that you had put into that, um, but it is exciting to see you carrying that uh, level of empathy and compassion, as well as the sustainability um, uh, perspective, into the corporate world. Because uh, because when you think about it, you are touching the lives of how many how many people does Stuckey's employ right now?
3: Seventy five,
0: yeah. Which doesn't yeah, seem that's like, like that's... a lot,
3: but I'm excited about that. And when I bought the company, it was less than ten. Yeah, three years ago. Well, I mean,
0: when when you think about that and the families that are connected to those seventy five people, you know, you're, you're you're impacting hundreds of lives every day. And in a lot of ways, you're you came into an existing business, but you're still having to hustle. And put in the blood, sweat, and tears that entrepreneurs do when they're starting, because, like you said, you're restarting this brand and, and reviving it. Um, on the marketing side, how tell us, talk to us about that how How have you marketed this this uh, revival?
3: There are certain themes that I touch upon, and there was a lot of strategy behind putting together what is our brand story it was definitely a team effort I know I do a lot of the actual outward facing of what people see of the Stucky's story on social media and on podcasts like this one but there there's a team effort most notably I have two business partners who are co-owners of Stucky's one of them is RG Lamar who's the CEO and I'm the chair And the other is a man named Ted Wright who runs a marketing firm. And the company is called Fizz Marketing. And I read his book and I loved his book and reached out to him. And it's all about word-of-mouth marketing and do-it-yourself marketing. So everything that I do is a lot of hustle and a lot of hard work. And it's trying to get other people to have honest conversations with their friends and colleagues about our brand. That's how That's how we want to grow the brand. I, that is the most effective form of marketing that has been around for thousands of years. Back to Egyptian markets where people would talk about where you can get the best vase or whatever. <laughs> Go over to that tent and find the best vase at the market. Uh, to today, listening to a friend tell you this latest Apple product is the best ever and you have to try it. That's going to be a hundred times more effective than seeing any sort of ad so we're constantly trying to spark conversation and in order to spark conversation you have to tell stories that's what really sticks and we got together and decided what we were going to talk about and we talk about comebacks we talk about entrepreneurship we talk about pecans great story there we talk about the road trip and we talk about small town america and making stuff ourselves so, those themes you'll see throughout, and I may come up with 365 different things to talk about throughout the year. But if you really analyze what I'm posting, it's 100% coming down to just a few core themes. It's just our variations on the, the theme and the message that we want people to know about our brand.
2: Yeah, I feel like finding that balance between nostalgia and being innovative at the same time is probably a little challenging. It is, but I, it's also trendy. Yeah.
3: Well, I embrace that we're a nostalgic brand because that's who we are. That's authentic. Yeah. And instead of running from it, I, I, I recognize it is very much a part of what our brand is. And nostalgia is comfort. Mm-hmm. Nostalgia is a safe haven. Nostalgia is friendliness and warmth. So all of those attributes are so important. The challenge for us is that we're a brand that's been around for almost 90 years, but we had a big gap where, frankly, the marketing and communications and sales weren't where they needed to be. So there's about 30 years there where people weren't thinking about our brand. And so we may be nostalgic to people who are in their 50s or 60s, but less so for people in their 30s right so it's it's complicated sometimes i do talk about nostalgia but i'm also very mindful that there are a lot of consumers out there who don't have those warm memories of road tripping and it's not just stuckies, it's the road trip the road trip declined for quite a while it's making a comeback Damn. but it declined for a while so while we're also talking about the brand history, we do talk about what what we're doing today so newer generations can connect with our brand. And I also try to come up with nostalgia that's not just Gen X, which is my generation, <laughs> because we're the smallest generation. So I've got to recognize there's a whole bunch of millennials and Gen Zers out there, and I need to appeal to them. So I, I do my best to have posts that also resonate with a younger generation and draws upon cultural themes that they're going to connect with
0: do you see that strategy changing as you grow let's say you know fast forward five years stuckies is in you know all the major grocery stores every all that sort of stuff do you see that marketing strategy changing
3: I think if we get a bigger budget, you might just see more of what we're doing on a grander scale, but I think our brand essence is going to be our brand essence. I don't really see a lot of the themes that we talk about going away. We're always going to be associated with the road trip. I actually think it'll be more so. I'm excited as we expand, as we expand our production. I would love for us to be and more RV parks and campgrounds mm. and be, uh, pr- yeah, one of the things I really want to do as we expand is have more opportunities where I can just meet one-on-one with consumers that connect with our brand. So I want to go to car meets. I want to go to route 66 conventions. I want to be where the people who, are in our space, right? Who likes sweets and snacks, who like healthy pecans and nuts for baking, who like to road trip. I want to be where they are and give opportunities for them to taste our brand, to hear me talk about our brand and share stories. So you're just going to see more of what we're doing. I I don't, I don't see it. Dramatically being altered, just maybe some of the strategies, but the core messaging isn't going to change. It's just we'll have more capacity to reach more people with the core messaging.
0: I, I love that commitment to your vision. That's um, that's encouraging to hear. I follow you on LinkedIn. I, I can't remember. I, f- I found you a couple of years ago just by chance, I think. Um, but you, I know I know from following you on there that you've got a huge following, um, and you're you're doing a lot to To revive the brand through LinkedIn, but you're also on TikTok, um, correct? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So t- tell us, tell us a little bit about how you, as your own, uh, become in in a real sense you've you've become an influencer uh, on on these platforms. How how do you manage that with all the other tasks that you have to do for for your role?
3: It's been hard. It's getting. Maybe somewhat, I'm I'm not sure if it's easier because it's always a challenge with the workload that our team is dealing with. But it's more strategic, especially in recent months, because as we've built a team, I'm able to delegate more. And so I'm actually doing less than what I was doing this time last year. And less of other tasks and more of the outward facing So I've been freed up to focus more on what I do best. And then our other team members have been stepping up and doing what they do best. So I'm doing less of the day-to-day sales and more of just the pitches for new accounts. I'm working trade shows. I'm doing more of the outward facing aspect of the business. And I'm doing a lot more speaking engagements. That is completely ramping up. In fact, I was just looking at my schedule. The next three weeks, I've got at least two speeches a week, a whole involving travel. So that part lot. is ramping up, but it's exciting. It's a way to get <laughs> yeah. our story in front of new audiences or reminding us, you know, reminding people who've heard of our brand, but have a sort of whatever happened to approach to our brand. So it gives us an opportunity to say, we're making a comeback. We're here. We're back. And every event I do, part of my speaking fee is that they have to have Stucky's product at the event. So it's an opportunity to introduce new consumers to what we're doing now.
0: That's smart. And it's, that's an innovative way of, of building your yeah. uh, your customer base and your loyalty. Um,
3: yeah, it happened quite organically. I just started getting speaking requests and didn't even know that you could get money for it. And it depends on the event. Obviously, if it's a Rotary Club, they're not going to have a big budget. But as we grow and as my demand, the demands for my time grow, I am able to get pretty decent honorariums for my speaking gigs. And I'm happy to negotiate the honorarium being in a large part, You're going to purchase our product. And that's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Because they get product for snacks and swag boxes and, you know, desserts at their events. A lot of times they'll put the pecan log roll at the place at a meal and it's, it's your dessert. So they get that. and, they get a speech and I'm not necessarily asking for a check. I'm asking help promote this, help get our product out there. When I do get a check, the fun thing is that money is going to support our, what we call the culture club and help improve our employee, the lives and quality of the experience of working for Stucky's So we do food truck Fridays and have special occasions and parties. And so that the honorariums help support that fund, which has been a really nice perk of this new strategy that we're really focusing on speaking gigs. And then I've got a book well, coming out. So there'll be speaking engagements around the book release.
0: Is there a timeline for the book release?
3: It's April 2nd. It was supposed oh, to be so out April exciting. 1st, but I thought I don't want to do an April Fool's Day. I that might <laughs> Not be a good sign. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's ex- that's exciting. It can can people pre-order it?
3: They can. I'm not um, really promoting it till January, yeah. just because okay. I'm concerned if I get out there and say buy our book, people are going to expect it by Christmas. It's sort of the Christmas gifting season, so I don't want to get lost in that shuffle. But it is available now. If you want to go on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, Bookshop. I, I like bookshop.org because that, or bookshop.com, sorry, because that supports local independent bookstores. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it's online.
0: All right. So to all the listeners, go to bookshop.com, but you will not get it until April. Just we'll yeah. put that disclaimer on there. You won't get and it You're not until getting April. it for Christmas. Um, well, that's it's exciting.
2: unstuck, but if you just put my name in, it'll come up. Fantastic. How excited are you to see the Stucky name on something else, something new, with it being a book. You you mean the book or the products that we're making? The book. The book.
3: It's terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have either of y'all written a book? No. No. (laughs) No. no. Yeah, well, some (laughs) of the listeners probably, I'm sure there are listeners who have, and it's a unique experience, and I'm still not completely done with the process it's at the publishers the edits are over i cannot change anything at this point so they're formatting and typesetting and so it's now in the publisher's hands but it's pretty terrifying because a book is this is a very personal book this is hmm. this is my story and it's also my grandfather's story and i alternate chapters telling his story and then my story and how i learned from him and reviving his brand. And it's extremely personal and there's some vulnerable moments. So it's a little nerve wracking to, to think how it might be perceived to how people might respond to it. Will they read it and just kind of roll their eyes and not be interested or will they, will they relate to it? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's putting yourself, it's putting yourself out there in a very real way. It reminds me of running for office I remember the first time I put a mailer together and it went out to 10,000 homes and said vote for Stephanie Stuckey and have my picture on it. And the day it hit people's mailboxes, I remember just laying in bed and not wanting to get up. <laughs> I was so scared. You're putting yeah. yourself out there.
0: Yeah. Um, well, thank you for doing that. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. And... It sounds like it's gonna be somewhat autobiographical. Oh yeah. And, and will will there be will there be some like is it businessy at all? Yes. Or is it more stories? Yes. Okay.
3: Stories, okay. business. I definitely have business lessons in there, but I did not want to write a business book per se. I think in part this is not just me being insecure, it's me being honest, I don't have a career as a business person. I don't have an MBA. I don't consider myself this great business guru. I think my superpower in building Stuckies to the point that we've gotten, and we've gone from two to 14 million in sales over the past few years. So we're seeing some success. But my superpower has been my ability to get talented people at the table. And it was the same thing my father and my grandfather Mm. did. So I saw it from others how they were able to surround themselves with really smart people who fill in their gaps. And then I don't espouse wholly to my father used to say, get really good people on your team and then get get the hell out of their way. Right. I don't necessarily (laughs) agree with that because I think it needs to be interactive. And I think you also need to have a structure and have a support and make sure everyone's sort of checking each other but you do largely delegate and you don't totally second guess the people who are on your team. You give them a lot of latitude and you trust them and you know that they can do a good job and you give them room to fail and use failure as an opportunity to come back stronger and to learn.
0: Hmm. The book's called unstuck.
3: Yeah. There's a subtitle and I'm racking my brain to remember it. Cause my publisher's like, you have to have a subtitle and I think it's, Oh, I know. Rebirth of an American icon.
0: Nice. yeah. yeah. And That's it's a got a title. woody
3: station wagon on the cover.
0: Fantastic. It's
3: avocado green. I love it. And it's driving up a highway.
0: That's great. It's fun. Um,
3: yeah, I have a whole chapter on the road trip. Just the road trip writ large. I mean, I share some of my personal memories, but it's it's all about shared experiences. So I don't want this just to be this here's my life story, you know, and it does not go in chronological order. Like I was born and blah, blah, blah. No, it's, it's all storytelling. So hopefully that is something that will be engaging to people.
0: Awesome. Well, what, what advice do you have for folks that might be in a similar position as you um, that are either trying to get something off the ground or trying to revive something that they've uh, inherited in some form of fashion? Um, from the marketing side, what, what can you tell them? What can you encourage them uh, to do?
3: I would say first and foremost, and I'm thinking of this from an entrepreneurial standpoint, because that's very much what Stuckies is. We're an entrepreneurial company. I like to think of ourselves as an 87-year-old startup. And I like being that. an entrepreneur at times can be very isolating and lonely, And I think the most important thing is to know that you're not alone. There's a lot of us out there who are figuring things out and there are no stupid mistakes as long as you learn from them. And just putting yourself out there and being vulnerable is a key part of growing your brand and learning from others and learning from the community. So I'm constantly looking on TikTok and looking on LinkedIn and absorbing content from others who I admire and respect and I wouldn't say steal, but definitely be inspired by them. Right. And I look to people like Seth Godin and Gary V I love their content and they have lots of advice. So there's all this free advice. I think about my grandfather who started Stucky's with no outside resources and he figured out how to market. He was a natural marketeer market marketeer
0: marketer (laughs) marketer i need more
3: coffee he was a natural marketer and it doesn't come as naturally to everyone and look at all the resources out there get on youtube and watch a couple of videos on how to make a tiktok and then just do it and experiment and see what gains traction the other thing i would say is don't get fixated fixated I don't know why I'm not speaking very well today. Don't get fixated (laughs) on the number of followers or likes. Look more to strategic engagement. Who is your audience? Who do you want to connect with your brand? Do you want, like for us, we want people who love to road trip. We want people who love pecans and people who like to bake. People who like to snack, right? Which is just about everyone. But you sort of think about who or LinkedIn, I'm looking for retailers that can sell our product. So I have a very specific target on LinkedIn for a lot of my posts. I'm trying to appeal to people who have stores that sell nut snacks. Mm -hmm. That's who I want to appeal to. Mm -hmm. So if I do a post and it only gets 10 engagements, but it's the 10 right people who want to have a conversation with me, not just post a thumbs up, but post a comment or ask a question, and then I respond and have a dialogue, that's what I'm going for. Because those are the people who are going to start to have a relationship with us and then want to sell our product. That's how the scrappy, smaller brands can hopefully make their, stake their claim on the shelves and the grocery aisles of America by getting the attention of the buyers for TA, for Loves, for quick trip for your grocery stores for your Harris Teeter and your Publix and your Kroger I want those buyers to pay attention to our brand and give us a shot
0: one of the themes I'm hearing in in a lot of your comments are you've you've been looking for the opportunities uh, as much as possible whether it's a speaking engagement or strategic engagement on social media you're kind you're that that Radar is always on of how do I grow the business through this? That's right. Is that, is that a good, yeah?
3: Yeah, although I'm very mindful. I, I try not to be too salesy. It's it's a sure. tough balance. And sometimes I worry that I'm, I'm being too salesy. But sometimes you just have to sell. <laughs>
0: It's just just part it's business. Yeah. Yeah, It's part of business.
3: And those posts don't always get the most engagement. For example, I'm trying to get more corporate gifts. It's really hard. I'm out there saying, We've got great corporate gifts and I'll get like one comment. (laughs) And then I post about road tripping on Route sixty six and I'll get two thousand engagements. You know, it'll be something exponentially larger. And so I get it. Uh, it's it's yeah. a daily slog. Yeah. And you cannot get overwhelmed by a specific point in time where things don't seem to be 100% where you want them to be. You look at the trend. So I'm very mindful. What's mm. the trend? Are we trending in the right direction? Then, okay, we're good.
0: Keep going. Well, those of our audience that do want to buy uh, some Stucky's snacks or candy but might not know where to get them, they can go on your website, Mm -hmm. uh, Stucky's.com. Yes. And uh, you have the location finder on there. So it'll, it'll tell you where to get what, correct?
3: Yes. And I'll tell you the easiest because that location finder is very hard to manage. And we're working on updating it because we're constantly getting our product in new stores. So we land a new chain, And then to add all of their locations. For example, we're in Travel Centers of America, and they've got hundreds of locations all over the country. So to upload that data onto our website when we have very limited resources is sometimes hard. And the other thing is we have hundreds of small specialty retail accounts, and those are constantly adding. And so to keep up with that is really difficult. I would say... The best thing is to follow me on social media because I talk about our new accounts. I also have pinned to my LinkedIn profile. The first pin is a post that has the logos for all the chain stores that carry our product.
0: Fantastic. That's a good
3: resource. And also just message me. Message me on any social media platform. I will respond. I will personally see it or you can fill out the contact form on the website and say, I want this message to go to Stephanie and our Wendy who reviews those will make sure I I see that. So you, I'm pretty approachable and say, hey, I live in Bozeman, Montana. Where can I get your product?
0: Awesome. Well, I'm, I might hit you up after this to find where I can get the gophers because I haven't seen those in the stores near us, but... I want to try some. They look Where delicious. Where
3: are
0: you based? Uh, right outside of Knoxville.
3: You have? Uh, do you have Food Lion and in Ingalls? Yeah. Oh wait, they yeah, just carry the cons. All right, All we right. gotta talk. You can definitely All get right. them on the website, Stucky's.com.
0: Yeah, I was I was talking about ordering a box for the office uh, on there, so I might do that.
3: Yeah, they are but, delicious. That is my absolute favorite thing that we make and now is a really good time to order them because it's winter and if you order them in the summer you have to pay extra for cold pack shipping because it's real chocolate and it will melt makes sense yeah so this is cold weather best time to order our chocolate it's going to come in great shape in the in the summer don't order it on a Friday. Well, we try. We don't ship out chocolate <laughs> the, on Fridays because then it might sit at a distribution house somewhere, in the UPS headquarters, whatever, in the back of a truck. <laughs> so we really try to make sure that it gets there, not how far and Do, you ship?
0: do you, is there a limit to how far you can ship?
3: We ship in uh, anywhere in the U.S.
0: Okay. Awesome.
3: And one of these well, days Stephanie, will be in Europe yeah. and Canada. I'm working on it. It's a journey.
0: Well, we wish you the best of luck Thank on you. that journey. It's exciting to see it so far. We appreciate you taking the time to to come on the podcast with us. And we'll be looking forward to the book soon.
3: Thank you, Jeremy and Jess. It was my pleasure. And let's stay in touch.
0: Definitely. Take care.
3: Thanks. Thanks.
0: Marketing Trailblazers with Jeremy LeDuc and Jess Tackett is produced by me, Lance Pettiford, co-produced by Kaylee Estep, graphic and web design by Will Lunsford, and guest support provided by Kaylee Swaggerty. Marketing Trailblazers is a production of Epic Nine Marketing Outfitters, helping ambitious brands grow since 2014. If you are a CMO looking to conquer some mountains, or you need a CMO to help get you to the top, then contact Epic Nine and get started with a Basecamp consultation at epic9.com. Want more great content to help fuel your marketing adventures? Sign up for exclusive content and get early access to our Marketing Mountain School content at marketingtrailblazers.com.